The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. We are reading from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 9. So it will be on the uh, Axe app or should be up here as well. And so today's message, um, Jesus is now sending his disciples out into the world to spread the word. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals. And don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. This is the word of our Lord. All right. Uh, my name is Pastor Barrett. If we haven't met before, it's great to meet all y'all. Um, real quick, August 20th, 21st, I had the opportunity to do something along the lines of discipleship. If, if you're not Familiar with that term is like a verb. Discipleship is when you teach or share someone a way to live. And I got to share a way to live that involves bottle rockets and M80s and those little blocks that have about 100 little missiles that shoot up in the air. I was teaching my nine-year-old nephew the beauty and the joy of the fireworks stand. And we went out in the country and we shot up all these fireworks and it was a beautiful, beautiful thing because I was running around like a nine-year-old and he was running around like a nine-year-old with lighters in our hands, lighting things on fire, and it was okay. No one told us to knock it off. It was a beautiful thing. Those little blocks of missiles are one of my favorite ways to literally light money on fire because my aunt and uncle bought some fireworks and they brought them to us and said, have fun, and they said, by the way, have a really good time because this is how much it cost. And so as I lit the fuse, I was watching their money go up in flames and smoke and smiles and they were thrilled and I was thrilled and it was so much fun. Missiles are always, it seems like right now they're, they're just a hot button issue. If you get on Twitter, Facebook, if you're watching the news, missiles are all over the place. We got this guy Elon Musk who's like, I'm going to send people around the world in an hour. Because he's like, if we just shoot a missile up and strap a bunch of people to it, we can land it in a different part. And I'm like, oh, that's just crazy. We've got another person who is on the other side of the world, and he's like, I'm going to make missiles and put big bombs on them, and I'm going to threaten the world like this. And we're like, oh, well, that's crazy too. And when we talk about sending and sentness and our values as Axe churches, and here at Axe Church Leander, we have to talk about missiles. Because when you talk about missiles, we're talking about being sent. 
The same word uh, in Latin where we get missile is the same word where we get mission and missio. And it's out of the heart of God that he sends little missiles out into the world. Not to do destructive things, but to have an impact on the world. In our uh, scripture for today, we're going to be really brief about this, but uh, God chose, or Jesus chose 72 uh, other disciples and sent them, missiled them out into the cities where he was going to go. And he did this, and, and he sent these 36 pairs of people out into the world to, to make a little difference, because he was going to go there next. And he, he gave them some instructions, and I know we're about to have a sending project here, and there's one off-site as well, um, but, but there's, there's something that we have to know. It's like, each one of us is sent. Like, if you look at your shoes, I love this, because it helps. It helps me. I hope it helps you. Everyone look at your shoes. Stop looking at, oh, nope, look at your shoes. Wherever those go is where you're sent to. When you get baptized into the family of God, it's not just saying that, that you're, you and God are good. It, well, that's like the main thing, and that gives you an identity, but that identity means that you are one of his sent people out in his world. So all of us, I love how Elizabeth said, yeah, we don't have a pastor in our community group, but we have, a, we have that worship leader guy. You don't have to be a pastor or a worship leader or, or somebody who's read everything. You don't have to have the most knowledge in the world. You just have to have the heart that says, oh, I recognize God. God is sending me. He's sending me wherever I go. And so, real quick, I was told, Barry, you have like 10 minutes to talk. And then they're like, yeah, you can have 12. And I know we're running a little late. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to talk fast, and we're going to go. So if you're a note taker, we're going to talk about four things real quick. In verses 5 through 9, if you're like, want to have the Bible open, Luke 10, 5 through 9, we're going to talk about four little things where everyone uh, can look at their feet and say, I'm a sent person, and it doesn't have to be on Sunday, it's just everywhere where I go. So, let's buckle up. First, in verse 5, uh, what does Jesus say? He gives them instructions. He's like prescribing them something to do. He says, whenever you go into someone's house, first say, may God's peace beyond this house. He says, may God's peace be on this house. He says, go in and speak peace and speak a blessing over the people you're around. And I think it's important for us to speak peace and a blessing over the places that we go, whether it's someone's house or your work or a coffee shop or some riding facility where people are going to ride or in here or to your community groups because so, so much of the world doesn't have that peace. And when God says peace here, he's, when Jesus says peace, he's talking about shalom. And shalom is, isn't just the anti-war, it's, it's bringing things back the way they ought to be. And that's what he's getting at. He's like, I want you to speak this blessing, to pray in the spiritual realm that things might be put back together the way that, that I intended them to be before sin came into the world. And, and for a long time, I think our like, confession time for Big C Church, I love this church, and I love that you guys have sent us to go be church, but I think the Big C Church, the big American church, has kind of had this war, not against the, the spiritual realm, but, but against those people that aren't like us. 
And so I, I think when we, when, G, when we see this, we can say to ourselves, maybe us going into places and speaking peace and shalom is speaking a blessing on people who have felt that we've spoken a curse on them. Because if you look, if you're like, hey, we're in a culture war, uh, newsflash, sorry, and I'm the guest preacher, so I can say this. If there was a culture war, we lost, right? It ain't coming back. So now we're the weird ones, which is why we're keeping X weird and why we like hold up these values and say, adventure, community, transformation, and sending are strange in today's context, but we think these are the things that God holds us up to do. So when we send our little missiles of peace and blessing into the places that we go, it's not arrows, but it's saying, God, would you bring your angels and would you bring shalom and wholeness to this place that might not have had it before? Second thing, verse 7, Jesus says to these 36 pairs of missiles going out into the world, he says, don't move around, stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. I like this. This is good, because this sounds like fun and community and good food and good drinks, and if we're here, it would be barbecue and Shinerbach and Miller time, which is super exciting. That's exciting. Way to go, y'all. He says, stay in one spot. And I think that's awesome because it takes this idea that you have to be a missionary or a pastor or some other, it takes the hierarchy out of things, which there was never meant to be a hierarchy in the church. He's like, wherever you go, just be there. So if your feet are taking you every single week to a classroom, then view that, stay in that place and realize that is your mission field. If they take you to a business downtown, those feet have you in a mission field. And when you're doing the mission field in the downtown building, it looks different than the classroom. Some of you, it's I'm going home and there's not a peaceful place. It doesn't feel like a peaceful place. When I'm going home, I'm going to the mission field. He says stay in one place because things happen when you stay in one place. You're not just bouncing around all over the place, but these relationships develop. And relationships aren't something, they're everything. And when you develop trusting relationships, you're trusted. They trust you and you trust them. And God, in my like, just kind of view of things, works when we're trusting and living life together. Third thing, what does he say? Oh, this is like way at the bottom. Uh, verse 9, if you're following along. He says, heal the sick. And then he tells them to tell them something. But the third thing is, heal the sick. So who here has the gift of healing? You're like, you know, God's really anointed me with the gift of healing. We're going to create a long line over here. If you've got a cold, come on over. We're going to pray over you. I don't have that. I've met one person who I think had it, maybe two. And they kind of kept it quiet, which is probably the good thing to do because it, it gets weird. We've got some doctors, and like, they know how to do things through what God has shown them through science. But what does that mean for us? It's like, if you don't have that gift, you're like, do I just cross that verse out? No, you don't, you don't just cross that verse out. If, if you are going to go heal the sick, we just have to recognize that there's all sorts of sickness. There's spiritual sickness, where sometimes that comes from somebody talking up here, but a lot of times it happens in community groups, where somebody's like, I don't know what this looks like. I'm feeling down. And then a person in a community group or a mom or a dad or a son or a daughter speaks gospel into your life. 
Because maybe you're not seeing things the right way. I think this is how God sees this and what God says about you. Motivational sickness. Sometimes people just need to, come on, this is what we're doing. We're all making buckets today. We're all going to the stables today. We just need some motivational sickness. Let's, let's get that out of the way and, and get to doing what God's about. Material sickness. That doesn't happen here, but there's other places where that happens, where people are like very consumed with things, and it supersedes and becomes kind of sick instead of stewarding. Emotional sickness, let's be honest, there's times in all of our lives where emotional sickness creeps in, right? Relational sickness, I got a call last night, and it said, uh, hey, my relationship of four and a half years is crumbling. We share a car, we share a place, I'm helping raise your kid, what now? Relational sickness, it's, it's one of those things that we don't like to look at, but it's there. And there's things that each of you have, like in your arsenal, that, that God has equipped you for something. Maybe it's just being with somebody. Maybe it's making brownies with somebody. Maybe it's just getting somebody's mind off of something else. And that can be healing for them. Maybe God is calling you to say, you're forgiven for that thing, or I love you, or this is bigger than what you think. Let's take this to God and pray about it. Finally, the fourth thing is in verse 9, it says, heal the sick and then tell them the kingdom of God is near to you. And the, the thing there that, that, like the fourth thing for us is proclaim Jesus as king. If we walk into places and pray shalom and peace in the places we're about to go to, and we can do that silently, then I, I, we don't have to like walk in and be like, Jesus is king, because you'll get laughed out of every establishment in this town, and the town south of here, and the town south of that. But what does it mean to say, proclaim Jesus is king? It, it's inviting people to see things how they ought to be. Sometimes that's forgiveness. Sometimes that's rearranging our thoughts towards what it might look like when God brings shalom, wholeness, peace to this place. Sometimes that's walking out and filling a bucket and putting it on a truck because you know that you're a small cog in a bigger effort to give someone some relief. Sometimes it's those like home run moments where you're like, this is amazing and it wasn't me, it was all God. And that's beautiful. In uh, the mid-90s, I was a young boy lighting off fireworks like my nephew. And I would, my family would always go back to St. Louis to go watch St. Louis Cardinals baseball games. My wife told me today, hey, you know the Cubs knocked the Cardinals out? I'm like, we're not going to talk about this because we're going to need some three emotional healing. They had this uh, marketing campaign when they redid Bush Stadium, the second one. And it was, they took the turf out and they put the grass in. And they said, this is baseball the way it ought to be. Like, this is how things were meant to be, playing this game. And shalom and peace, and when we go out and say, Jesus is king, whatever way that looks like, it's like, this is what life looks like. This is how life ought to be. This is how he designed it to be. And why do we do this? Because there's a, there's a verse in uh, 1 John 4, it says, God showed 
us how much he loved us by sending. You don't start the sending. The sending starts by happening to you. By sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. Life the way it ought to be. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So as we practice sending today, may you be the people that speak peace. May you be the people that stay in one spot and have relationships wherever your feet are. May you be the people that minister to people's needs, and may you be the people that proclaim Jesus is King. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for giving us a little bit of pause today. Before we go out and, and practice our sentness to remind us that wherever our feet go, uh, we're sent. Would you remind us that tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, not just when we come in here, but wherever we go that we're sent and we have a little bit of your life and your light to share with your world. Father, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.